You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hey, everybody. It's Saturday night. Time for American Winer, special edition here on podcastdetroit.com. I am sitting in Studio 3 with Chris Nelson back for his back. fourth time <laughs> almost a year fourth ago. times the charm, <laughs> as they say. Uh, and uh, we braved the freaking snowstorm that we had today. We, uh, I know. I almost didn't show up. I know. you. We weren't sure if you were going to even be here because you told me at 3, you're like – you're like, I don't think I'm going to go out, man. It's a fucking mess because it was still snowing. And then uh, and then at like 4.30, you messaged me because it had stopped snowing by then. Yeah, I looked outside and the, the traffic was going by faster. So uh-huh. I said, that's a good sign. Yeah. And I was like, you got you to gotta come in, man, because I know. our guest tonight is Darren Ewing, uh, the multi-talented Darren Ewing, who is uh, uh, known for his role as Arnold in Troll 2. So Darren <laughs> Darren joins us from uh, from Ogden, Utah. Darren, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're great, man. We survived the drive here, so that's yeah. just we were just concerned about getting here in one piece. Your Michigan weather. Congratulations. We about- <laughs> yeah, we we had a little snow here in Ogden, but uh, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, this is the first like first major snowfall of yeah. this year, I think. Yeah, it was only about three inches, but it was enough to really fuck people's shit up. So, but um. <laughs> But anyway, um, we always start. I always start off these uh, interviews the exact same question, Darren. And that question is, where were you born? Ogden, Utah. Ogden, Utah, where you're living now, eh? So, mm-hmm. did you grow up there? I I live in Ogden, Utah. Again, I just moved back from uh, Salt Lake City uh, um, a couple of months ago, so uh-huh. I'm back in my hometown, uh, and I'm loving it uh, back here. I'm closer to family, closer to friends, and uh, my dad. Uh, uh, my parents are—they uh, just need a little extra help. Um, they live—they live here in Austin, and uh, so I, I wanted to be closer to them and hmm. uh, and uh, assist them. So here I am. Where and, is uh, Ogden exactly? Like in Utah? Ogden is a tough little railroad town, forty miles north of Salt Lake City. Okay. And it uh, well, uh, the the original Osmond family is from Ogden, and. Um, it's uh, uh, sort of uh, famous for its. Um, it was it was a pretty. It's always been a pretty uh, rough, tough little city. Um, Al Capone used to love to come here, and hmm. uh, the GIs would get off the train uh, during the war, and they come down Twenty Fifth Street, and uh, it has this really wonderful history of uh, um, you know gunpowder and bathtub gin and underground casinos and. And stuff like that, and uh, it's uh, it's nestled at the the base of two major mountain ranges, um, so twenty minutes away from world class skiing, and uh, I, I love it. It's a, it's just a beautiful little town. And uh, did you grow up in Ogden then? Yes, uh huh. I was born and raised in Ogden. Uh, what what did your parents do? Uh, my father was uh, an IRS agent, and my mom worked at a bank um, as a teller. And it was uh, a pretty, uh, you know, a, a pretty stable middle class upbringing. And uh, what? Uh, um, I, w- sorry, go ahead. Oh, um, it was. Uh, I mean, my uh, my neighborhood and and all of. Most of Ogden is is uh, has a reputation of being a, a tough town, and I, I suppose it is. Um, 
but uh, that's that's what I like about it. Gives a character. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, what, what was your childhood like then? Like, what were you into as a kid? Like, I mean, what what kind of a student were you? And you know, uh, just tell us about that. Yeah. Um, uh, have you ever seen the TV show The Goldbergs? Uh, I've, I've heard of it. I have not seen it though. Yeah. It's, uh, the, 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 the youngest character, um, that is the star of the show. That's me. I was, uh, I'm the youngest of three. Um, and I'm a, a total movie nerd. Um, I just, I love the movies and, um, love the media. I'm, I'm into movies and music and, um, so, uh, and, and television and uh, I was never much into sports. Um, I've always been a show-off. Uh, I've always been a ham. Um, I've, I've been getting on stage and, and performing since since I was four years old. Um, and uh, so, I, just a I've 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 never been cool. I've just I've never been cool. I'm I'm a hopeless nerd, and um, you know now I'm 51, so um, I'm comfortable with that now. Yeah, we're we're not cool either. So, uh, <laughs> kindred spirits. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, uh, yeah. You, I, I, you know, I I try, I try, but it it doesn't work. Well, you you're know? in a band. I'm, I mean, I've never been easy. hip. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's kind of part. Of, what, what's the thing is like the if you try, like not trying is cool or something like that. Whatever the old the old trope is. Uh, I like that yeah, Simpsons yeah. meme with and I, Bill and I House. idolized Fonzie on Happy Days when I was growing up. <laughs> oh I, man, I wanted to be cool like him. Yeah, Fonzie and, was uh, cool. But my mom yeah, says he's I'm the cool. coolest, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Fonzie's unbeatably cool. Uh, um, so yeah. you said uh, you've had your first performance on stage when you were four. Uh, what what yeah. were you, what were you doing? I was um, in a, um, a, a an LDS church program, um, and I sang "I'm Little But I'm Loud" in a, <laughs> a little. Uh, I was wearing uh, overalls, and I had a, a piece of straw in my mouth and a straw hat. And as you know, in Utah, um, it's uh, the, the Mormon Church is uh, very prevalent, and I was uh, I was raised in that environment, and uh, they do. Um, they do shows. Well, they did shows pretty regularly. They were called road shows or just uh, different presentations. And um, one way or another, a reputation went around in my neighborhood that, that I liked to perform and act and sing. And so uh, I went on stage barefoot and sang, I'm little, but I'm loud. Uh, and, uh, it, there, there have only been a few occasions where I have recreated that song. Um, and uh, I, I, uh, I will still do it, but uh, you know I have to be I have to be properly enticed to do it. <laughs> I, either that or really drunk. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you mean by properly enticed. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it works. <laughs> um, do you think? Because you said you're you're on stage. I mean, four years old, you're doing that. Do you think being and you said you had kind of a reputation around the neighborhood is as you know, being a perfect fit for that, did being the youngest have anything to do with that for you? Do you think? Um, I, uh, probably. Yes. Um, my, my sister, I was like her, her, um, doll and she would regularly, uh, dress me up in costumes. And, um, when the family would get together, she would, she would throw me out in the, uh, 
in the middle of them and I would just sort of make up songs and, and, and dances and dance around. And then my family would give me money and I went, <laughs> Hey, cool. I like this. Good gig, man. Yeah. Well, so I, and, and it's still to this day, um, there are two things that I love. I, I love to entertain people. I love to make people smile and I love to get paid. I mean, <laughs> It's true. I mean, when when you when you get done doing a show, and then people show their appreciation for it, and you've got a little money for it for doing it, I love that. It's great. More than exposure box, just the actual money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh, tell me about uh, schooling. Then, like, you what kind of a student were you, and, and uh, did you do any like theater in school or anything like that? Oh, yeah, I did theater all through school, um, elementary, junior high, high school. I was uh, an okay student. I, you know, I got passing grades, but I was a real class clown. Um, I got in trouble a lot for, for cutting up in class and, um, you know, being disruptive. Um, grades, they hovered around C's and D's. And uh, I had a great time in school. I, I, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. Well, so uh, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here. You, you went to Weber State after after high school or uh, for college. Mm-hmm. You have a bachelor's degree from there. Um, uh, could you just yeah. talk about that? Because it sounds like acting had always been a passion of yours, but you kind of like going through school. I mean, did you want to pursue it as a career? Or were your parents kind of like, "Hey, you need to go into something more practical"? Or what? You know, how did you end up uh, yeah. going to going to uh, Weber State and uh, doing all that? Yeah. Um, well, actually, here here in Utah, we pronounce it Weber State. Oh, oh um, my bad. I, I think you're I think you're probably right, but here in Utah, we call it Weber State for whatever. Oh um, man, man, culpa. <laughs> um, and uh, it's the uh, it's the university. It's uh, just a, a couple of miles away from the house that I grew up in, and um, I got I got on at Weber State with a uh, a theater scholarship. Mm-hmm. And uh, when a couple of years with the theater scholarship, I was a theater major. And then um, there were budget cuts in, for education, and I lost my scholarship. And uh, I, I realized that I didn't really want a theater degree. Um, and so I uh, changed it to, well, at first it was communications. Uh, and then I dabbled a little bit in uh, in um, uh, uh dealing with uh, people with Alzheimer's and, and studied gerontology for a while. And then uh, I finally settled, settled on business systems technologies, which is what my, my bachelor's degree is in. Um, but uh, by that time, I had uh, gotten married. I'd started a family. And so um, I just took night classes and um, finally got my uh, degree with a, a minor in theater in 2007. Oh, wow. For for some reason, and I still don't know why, um, they asked me to speak at my college graduation, so hmm. I did. <laughs> well, that was after Troll Two had blown up too. Then at the, in two thousand seven, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and and honestly, um, Troll Two didn't really blow up for me until two thousand six. Hmm. Um, it was uh, um, well, we 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 made it in nineteen eighty nine. And, um, you know, walked, walked off the set and, and, and got our pay was a hundred dollars a day. And then, um, I didn't think anything of it. 
And then um, along about 1992, Troll 2 starts showing up on HBO and cable television and um, this really cool-looking VHS tape that was available to rent. And uh, I'll tell you, I I was really excited to see it. I kind of knew what I was in for. And uh, my uh, my whole family got together to watch it together, and we just laughed our asses off. And when it was over, we rewound it and we watched it again. Um, because I, well, I I love movies, and I've always loved bad movies. Um, you know, cheesy movies like Mystery Science Theater three thousand movies. So when I when I saw it, I I I said, you know this this is a really good, bad movie. Um, and I, I always thought that it would, it would eventually find its audience. Um, and then, uh, long about, oh, in the two thousands, when I was working at the Salt Lake Tribune, I started receiving fan mail. People would mail pictures and, and letters to me. And, um, then in 2006, um, the, uh, upright citizens brigade theater, um, invited us to New York for a screening, and um, it's uh, it's pretty well documented in the in the uh, the movie Best Worst Movie mm-hmm. um, that uh, there were people from all over the country lined up around the block, standing in the rain to see Troll Two, and that's when uh, me and my uh, my fellow cast members said, uh, um, "Wow, I mean, wow, I I had no idea." Uh, and then, um, there were, oh, I'd say 20, 20 to 30 more screenings, um, in Los Angeles, Austin, um, San Francisco, Chicago. Um, there were screenings in, uh, in Paris and in Budapest, Hungary. Um, and, uh, the response has just been overwhelming. Um, because, you know, I, I, I'm just, uh, I'm just a regular guy here in, in Utah, you know, just. You know, I get up and I had a minivan and I had two kids. But when I go to these Trill 2 screenings, I I get treated like a rock star. Like people know my name and they recognize me and they, they know every word to the movie, like every single word. And they know um, they know jokes and nuances that even I didn't know about. And it's uh, it's it's wonderful. I love it. I, I just think it's awesome. Hey, you're an icon, I, I feel, really, in that genre. Yeah, I, yeah. I just feel I feel very fortunate because I'm a, I'm a pop culture nerd, and Troll Two has given me a little piece of the culture, and I'm very happy about that. Well, yeah, the first thing when you type Troll Two in on Google, the first thing that comes up is "Oh my God!" Like in the autofill, that's the very first yeah. Troll Two. Oh my God! So I mean, you, you are the face of that of that uh of that movie besides the goblins but that's that's really uh, yeah, cool that it, it took it took that i mean you you knew that it would find its audience the, as soon as you watched it um and uh and it just took that long it took about what i mean what was what would that have been like 14 years something like that between the early 90s yeah. and so mm-hmm. yeah about, about about 15 20 years and and then that uh it reached ahead and it's uh i've been i've been invited to horror conventions and comic cons uh and and every time the the response is just uh it's overwhelming and the fans of this movie are the best i mean they're they're amazing they're they, you know they're um they're 
they're they're very savvy they're 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 educated you know they're they're smart they're you know they know their culture and um and they get it you know they just get it um and so i've I've made friends all over the world thanks to this movie um and i I still stay in touch with all of them I have uh, a lot of really good personal relationships with uh with people all over the world because of this movie so um my story is a little different than some of the other cast members who um kind of ran away from the movie and and they were embarrassed of it and um i'm i don't know like i said i'm a i'm I'm a nerd and i just like i like that kind of nerdy stuff um so it's been it's been great no complaints well, I was going to ask, uh, do, do you ever get tired of talking about it? Like, do you get tired of doing interviews where people are like, hey, you're the guy from, you're the oh my God guy from Troll 2? I mean, because I'm trying to, I try to ask questions about people's whole lives. I mean, but obviously that's, that's how Chris and I know you is through that movie. So. Yeah, no, I don't get tired of it. No, I, I, I don't get tired of talking about movies and uh, I, I never get tired of talking about Troll 2 because I think it's. A, a wonderful film. I think it's incredibly entertaining and you know, like everything that you can, that you can get wrong about a movie troll two <laughs> does. And yet it's just start to finish completely satisfying. Yeah. It's still watchable. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just watchable. And look, I, I know I'm terrible in it and I know it's a terrible movie, but I think it's a, you know, it's the best worst movie. It is. I, I just think it's a gem. It's that in the room now that are the two, like the yeah. two. Uh, I've never watched the room. The room. I, I, you yeah. know, I thought the room was kind of dull. Yeah, I was um, bored. There were some funny parts in it, but I didn't. I mean, like, where's the Troll Two disaster artist? That's what I want to know. Like, when are they going to make a movie about the making of Troll Two? That's what I want to see. <laughs> oh, I would love to watch. That. Amen. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can think of a lot uh, of other. Uh, good, bad movies. Um, the, the room is something that people always ask me if I've seen it and I haven't, uh, honestly, um, uh, you know, man, of hands of fate is, is better than that. Um, kitten with a whip is better than that. Uh, Frankenstein conquers the world is better than that. Cry wilderness is better than the room as far as best, worst movie. Um, plan nine from outer space is, you know, the gold standard. So, right, that was the yeah, original the, best worst movie, Plan Nine from Outer Space. Um, yeah, yeah. But, well, I mean, yeah, I think with and, the room, and Ed Wood, and, yeah, Ed, yeah. And I mean, Ed Wood was the OG terrible director who just for some reason continued to 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 be able to get work one way. He just eked it out. I mean, he, he had a movie made about him too. Tim Burton did a really good movie about him in the uh, in nineteen ninety four. Yeah, with Johnny Depp and Martin Landau won an Oscar for playing Bela Lugosi in that. Um, oh, he was, uh, yeah, he was wonderful. Yeah. Um, I think with the room, it's just, it's Tommy Wiseau's personality is like, what is the reason that people find that so alluring? But like, I agree with you. I, I didn't, the first time I watched it, I was like, I'm not as entertained as I was watching Troll 2. Like I remember it cause Chris showed me Troll 2 in the summer of 2007. He's 19, the reason I that, think. yeah, been, what, 21? I was 21. Yeah. yeah. And I, you said on the way here, you don't remember how you heard about it. I think I may have seen it on TV um, at the time. 
I don't know if we even if Netflix was around. It probably was at that time. Yeah, it would have been the subs- like they send I, you the I was DVDs. Like, what, then. what is this? There's there's just so many questions in that movie that are unanswered, <laughs> yeah. and it's just hilarious. Well, yeah, and and like he shows this to me, and I was thinking the exact same thing because I'm like, is this going to be one of those bad movies that's just that where I'm watching? I'm like, I'm bored, you know. And right from the get go, it's like. What what the fuck is happening? This guy is like they turn him into half plant. And then, dude, like your scene, the oh, my God scene was where I was like, this is not just like this is brilliant. Like this is brilliant in a in a terrible way. Like there's it's 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 really this perfect storm of, of yeah. because it's so good. But yet it's so good at being bad. Uh, it's well, just what, the absurdity what, of it. What you really get with with Troll 2 in front of and behind the camera is we we were all trying to make a good movie. We were doing our level best to, to make a good movie and to, uh, you know, I was just, I was thrilled to be cast in a movie and I was very excited and I just wanted to please the director, Claudio. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, who, who didn't speak English very well and neither right. did the, the, the rest of the crew. Um, but like everybody, was trying to to do well, and I think that's what comes through in Troll Two is um, everybody failed, um, but they, they they failed spectacularly. I think it's the, the intent and and the the passion that you put behind it. It's it's why we're still talking about Ed Wood movies because you know he was he was a loony, um, but he he loved what he was doing. He was passionate about making movies, and that's how Claudio is. Um, so there, there's a lot of sincerity and a lot of humanity in Troll 2. Was he an intimidating director to work with? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, uh, we've, we've met up a few times since then and he's still intimidating. He is just, uh, uncanny. He's, he's honestly one of the most fascinating people I've ever met, um, but he is, uh, he, he's, he's very passionate. Um, one of the criticisms that he would, that he would say is, uh, you know, you'd get done and he'd get cut. Dad, and what you are doing is a shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Tell us how you really feel. Good. Yeah. All right. Should we do that again? <laughs> um, and, uh, the, uh, the DP, I, I can't remember his name, but he was really, really grouchy. Mm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, he's uh, he, he's intimidating, and he's funny, and he's smart, and he's passionate. He's made something like well, he's made hundreds and hundreds of films. Um, we still stay in touch. Uh, he and his wife Rosella, um, they live in Rome, Italy, and um, he's still pumping out movies. Um, so, yeah, he was he was intimidating, um, the most intimidating director I've ever worked with. Well, I kind of want to back up a little bit because how did you get cast in Troll 2? Like, how did you hear about it? Um, I had a, an agent. It was called Saxon House Agency. Um, Salt Lake City gets a fair amount of uh, movie and TV work. Um, it's actually picking up quite a bit now. Um, but uh, Utah has always been a, a good place to, to film movies from – all the way back going to, uh, you know, John Ford making his Westerns with John Wayne. Um, and so I had uh, an agent 
And uh, the agent called me and said, uh, there's this movie called Goblin, and they want you to read for the part of Arnold. And uh, it was up in Park City, which is oh, about a 90-minute drive from here. Um, it's up in Park City. And uh, I walked into the, uh, to the hotel room there in Park City, and uh, it was just this uh, wall of smoke. Uh, it was, this is, you know, back in, in 89. Um, and uh, the room was just filled with cigarette smoke and um, these four or five chain-smoking Italians sitting behind a table with a video camera. And uh, they gave me my lines and, and said, okay, let us know when you're ready to go. And uh, came out. And uh, I think the first scene I did was when I'm talking to the, uh, to the goblins and telling them, you better, you know, you better watch yourself or, or whatever. And then they asked me to do the, uh, the, oh, my God scene. And I'll tell you, I, you know, I was just a kid. I was, you know, I was 20 years old. Um, but I got, I got done with it. And when I left the room, I thought to myself, man, I nailed it. I <laughs> fucking nailed it, man. I was just like, I got this, man. I am on my way. I'm going to be a movie star. Um, and sure enough, a week later they called and, and I was cast and, and that was that. So that was, that was right from the very beginning. Those, cause I was going to ask you about both of those scenes. How did you like, how did you approach this character? How, what did Claudio tell you about him and how did you picture yourself as like playing him? Well, um, it, it, Arnold is, um, kind of a stereotype. There are, uh, so many movies in the eighties with, with the nerd character mm-hmm. and, and, and frequently the, his name is Arnold, you know, in fast times at Ridgemont high, Christine, um, right? you know, there's yeah. Arnold, which is uh, ironically, um, that's played by Paul Feig, who is now a director. And I worked with him, um, on, uh, on a company minors. Mm. Um, and so, uh, uh, it, it's just, a we were supposed to be the, the typical teenagers that go up into the woods and get picked off one by one. And, um, I was the nerdy character and my middle name, my actual middle name is Arnold. Wow. Uh, that's my grandpa's name. Mm. So, um, I just kind of went with what I knew being, a being a, uh, a nerd myself and, um, uh, just approached it from, from that standpoint. Uh- Go ahead, Chris. Who, who was the uh, woman in that scene where she needs to be rescued uh, and then the, the, oh, the yeah. trolls come out of the woods? Because I've never heard anything about her. I don't know her backstory. Oh, um, Christina lives – actually, we were neighbors for a little while um, after the movie. She was a, uh, a model. Um, she was a swimsuit model with a different agency. Uh, and she came on the set and, of course, all of the all of the, uh, you know, the director and, and everybody behind the lines just treated her like gold. It's like, Oh, whatever you need, whatever you need. Um, and we ended up, um, becoming really good friends. Um, and we still are. And, uh, we were, we were actually neighbors for a while. So hmm. she is married and has two beautiful girls and, uh, lives, lives here in Ogden. And she never really, because uh, like Chris said, nobody's ever really seen anything from her, so she hasn't really done anything with the with the whole it coming to a head and, and all the rest of that. Has she kind of been like no, no, ran and, away from it? And she didn't even uh, she didn't even know about the uh, the resurgence and the fame of it until she went to uh, a screening in Salt Lake, and she was uh, just completely 
taken aback by it. Yeah, I can't imagine but what that would be like. Just just to be like, I mean, it's from her perspective, you know, like if she hadn't been paying attention to it, and she, I mean, she, she yeah. had to have known that it was it was going to turn out. If you show up to some fan, they're like, oh, look who it is. Yeah, and then and then and then she goes to the screening, and it's this madhouse, and and she's like, oh my god, like this is so. Yes, but yeah. um, and she, yeah, she's uh, she's she's typically kind of um shy and reserved, um, but she's just she's just a lovely person and we we got along I, I probably got along better with her than than uh just about anybody on set um that and the fact that she's just absolutely drop dead gorgeous that that doesn't hurt <laughs> do you uh keep in touch with deborah reed who played credence oh yeah mm-hmm. yes we are still very good friends uh i was just chatting with her uh, a couple of weeks ago she's uh having some some health problems um and uh, uh, Deborah and I have. Uh, Deborah is another one that she was just lovely on set. She was so she was so kind, um, and she she also is just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. All of us, all of Elliot's boys, <laughs> were in love with her, um, and uh, yeah, she was, uh, she's always been really nice to me yeah. and and my family. And uh, I know her family. She knows my family, and. Yeah, we still we still keep in touch and 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 keep up with each other. Wasn't her son her son in the movie as well as the uh, the presence yeah. kid? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her son, her son Gavin is uh, he's the uh, the boy that throws the baseball. Oh, I, I didn't know truck. that. Huh? Yeah, that's another. Lo- I learned a little bit of trivia today. So eat before we eat you is that yeah what yeah written in. what's that written in anyway like what's that supposed <laughs> to be written green, in the butter's green yeah. <laughs> um tell us about tell us about filming that the oh my god scene with with uh christina and deborah because what you said you felt like you nailed it when you walked out of the audition did you feel that way after you guys had filmed it no <laughs> that was that was the toughest day of shooting um i uh i very uh arrogantly brought my, uh, my girlfriend along and she was on set, uh, just standing off camera for the whole sorry affair. And, um, they were, they were just having a lot of technical problems that day. Um, that and the fact that Christina and I were having, um, well, I mean, we weren't, we weren't ever, uh, uh, whiny about it or prima donna ish about it, but it just, the, you, you've seen it, the, the script doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Right. And so it, it didn't make sense. None of that scene made any sense to me. And we were like, okay, she's handing us these, this complete stranger, this creepy stranger is handing us these, you know, these cups of broth and like, we're just supposed to drink it. And so I, I told Christina, I said, you, you give me a look and I'll give you a look like, okay, I'll drink it. If you drink it. And it's just kind of, because we couldn't change the dialogue that was established very early on. We, we couldn't change the script. Um, uh, Claudio frowned on that. Um, and so we, we were just trying to find a way for the scene to make sense, you know, and, and then Christina, she starts choking and gasping. And then for some reason she, she goes walking up the stairs to where the, right. the slime pit is that she's eventually supposed to, to sink into and it just, none of it made sense. And then I'm supposed to be completely frozen like a tree. And I'm standing there with this cup on my hand. And uh, the DP kept 
yelling at me because for some reason I kept going out of focus. Oh. So I, I had to do it. And, and, and that line, I'm, they're eating her and then they're going to eat me. Oh my God. Right. Um, I, I couldn't, I, I just couldn't find a way to, to say that and, and have it make sense. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, after about the ninth or 10th take, Claudio just finally said, do it like this. And I'm, I'm not blaming him for, for my bad performance. That's, that's all on me. But I swear to God, I, I did that exactly the way I was directed to because I got tired of doing it. You know, after the 10th take, I was like, okay, just, just do it. And that's, that's the one that's in the movie is With the, the last take. Fly on and no, I had no idea there was a fly on my head um, <laughs> when we did that scene. But it's just one more little little touch that makes it such a memorable movie. How, how were you doing the lines before Claudio just flat out said, just said the way I said? Do you remember how you were interpreting it? Um, I, I was uh, I was keeping it quiet. I was uh, kind of like, they're, they're eating her. And then they're like, oh, going to eat me. Oh, my God. You know. Um, that actually no, does no, make no. sense. I mean, Even I the way you right just it. said it, yeah. that makes more sense than what was in the movie. <laughs> like that, yeah. that actually would have worked. Yeah. And yeah, and when and when he said, I mean, you can you can tell, especially the way I say, "Oh my God," um, there, there's not a lot of conviction behind it. Uh, so I, I just I just yelled it out, um, you know, the way they wanted it, and and that was that. And that's really how how the whole movie is um, with it, with everybody just trying to trying to do a good job and trying to have it make sense, even though it doesn't. I love how everybody shows up to this like old church slash schoolhouse with a flaming torch out front. It's like the house where you'd be saved. <laughs> like, why would you go there of, of all places? Yeah, that's yeah. just, just yeah. one more thing. Yeah, there's, you know? there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of that, a lot of that movie, uh, which is part of the charm. Yeah, let's face it. I absolutely love Grandpa Seth in that movie. He's just brilliant. So Robert, do I. Robert uh, Ormsby, <laughs> yeah. I believe, is his name. And, um, just the way he, his smile, how he just grins in two different times, yeah. it's hilarious. Uh, he's, a, he, he's a sweet guy. Darren, I wanted to ask, uh, you mentioned like you and Christina, like kind of like you said, give you give me this look. We're going to try and approve this scene. Can you think of any other times in the movie where you guys were like, you, you and your your uh, the other actors were like, this is just not working, Let's, but we can't change the screenplay, so let's let's – you know, I'll, I'll look over here. So were there any other, uh, moments like that that you can remember? Um, there, there were a few. Um, I, uh, I did change the line when I finally tackle Christina, which was a lot of fun, by the way. Um, <laughs> when I tackle Christina and I say, um, well, I, I, um, I think I say, uh, Oh, are you one of those monsters? And I say, uh, uh, well, I've been I've been called a monster, but uh, I, I'm not a monster. Do you want to see? Right. Yeah. Um, that was that was the dialogue we agreed on because the the line just didn't make it just didn't make any sense at all. Mm -hmm. So I, I I asked Claudio about it, and it took like 30 minutes to change that one line. So after that, I I just stopped. And then um, after we did that, we had to do this the the scene where I'm actually chasing Christina through the woods. And the line is, stop, I say, stop, I say. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which is just, 
it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, so, no 20-year-old uh, kid's going to yell that. Yeah, I'm an American teenage kid, and I'm like, stop, I say, stop, I say. So I tried <laughs> to make it sound like I said stop, or stop, I said, you know. Yeah. Um, but it, it was, uh, I, I didn't want to get yelled at anymore for, for changing the dialogue or, or doing anything like that. So um, I, I, pr- I pretty much tempered it down after that. This is so fascinating to hear this from me because that you guys were all trying to, to, to sort of fix this as it went along, just because it's so n- that none of that came across in the final cut. You know what I mean? It looks like it, it, it's, there's absolutely no, I mean, even the look that you and Christina give each other and that you mentioned, like, I mean, there's little things like that, but it, it looks mostly like Claudio was just, I mean, he just took everything that he wanted and, and this is what exactly what he wanted and he, and he got it. I think even when yeah. when it started to blow up, didn't he? He kind of didn't get any of the why people found it so funny or, or anything like that. Is is that true? Uh, yes, um, it was. Uh, well, it, it's based on a, a lot of movies like Gremlins and um, and um, oh uh, Critters, movies like that that were very popular in in the eighties. Yeah. So there were things in the film that were intended to be a joke, but those aren't the things that people find funny. And uh, Claudia was, was very um, confused by that because uh, he, he said, um, you know, that people laugh at, at the funny parts, but then they also laugh at the, the, the parts that aren't supposed to be funny. Um, so he was, he was confused by that. Um, but of course it's, it, it's that, that common denominator, that, that sort of humanness, that, that human um, failure thing that makes it so funny. And, and again, I am not blaming Claudio for, for our bad performances, okay? We, we're bad, okay? <laughs> I mean, those are just some bad performances, no matter how you slice it, okay? We, we sucked, um, but we were... <laughs> we were really trying to, to do a good job. Um, somebody once compared it to, they, they said, it's like, it's like watching a, uh, a porn movie without all the sex scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of the quality of the performance. Right. Yeah. Th- mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, uh, I think that's why it works though. I mean, and, and why it works in terms of it being entertaining because it's, it takes itself so seriously and you said there's a yes. sincerity there that you mentioned. That's why it's it's just I'm trying to think of something to compare it to. It's like a like a child or something that that mm-hmm. that's playing a game, and you can see that the child is completely into it, even though they they have a sock on their head or something. You know what I mean? And 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 it's just <laughs> yeah. it's it's like it's still that's why it works like that. And and to be perfectly honest, man, I've always thought like, what would it be like if somebody actually tried to take that story and actually try and like make it with modern special effects and, and like, you know, a list actors and tried to make it scary. Like how much would that work? Mm-hmm. How far could you take yeah. that idea and, and get yeah. rid of as much absurdity as possible? You know? Um, and mm-hmm. I, and I don't know how, if that's possible. It may just, it may be even worse if they try that, but uh, that's just something uh, always, yeah, I've, I've always wondered. Back it's, in- it, it's one of the things it, what I love about um, good, bad movies is they're, they're always accidents. And uh, when people try to make a good, bad movie, 
it it fails. It like it never works. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just something that that happens. Uh, you know, uh, like you know, they they tried to do it with snakes on a plane, and snakes on a plane was just such a. I was so excited to see that, and then uh, I was just like, eh, nah. never even saw it. Never, yeah, never even saw it. It wasn't any man. fun. Just not any fun. I loan troll too back in college to my film professor because I have a my degree encompassed film as part of its program and uh he he watched 10 minutes of it and then gave it back and said this movie is absolute garbage <laughs> she said oh my you have to watch it though because that's the point yeah it's, it's hilarious if you just don't get yeah. it it's like you exactly. have to <laughs> exactly troll 2 has been used in in other film studies programs in 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 other colleges and universities um i can't remember which ones but it's 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 pretty well documented that um, it is, um, uh, well, uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino is a fan of Troll 2. Oh, right, uh, that's true. Ron Howard, Ron Howard loves Troll 2. Uh, Patton Oswalt is, uh, we've become, well, I, I don't know if we're friends, but we, uh, uh, you know, um, he's a big fan. He wrote about it, and then I interviewed him at Sundance, and we kind of, Kept he started interviewing you. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah, he yeah. took the mic and, and was like, uh, "I want to interview you." <laughs> yeah, Brian Posen loves the movie. Um, so there, there are a lot of people that um, that that love this movie. Are there any songs in pop culture that have been written about that movie? Do you know? Um, I've heard a lot of Troll Two yeah. songs, um, songs, song parodies. Um, I've read a lot of. Um, fan fiction. There's a lot of uh, fan art available. I keep meaning to put it together. I have, um, uh, I'd say, uh, uh, two dozen pieces of uh, fan art that have been uh, made uh, just with my likeness on them. Well, because no. you, you're a musician oh, yourself, me, right? Sorry. Yeah, you you uh you play you play in a band, don't you? You you drum and you 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 arrange music. Uh, yeah, you're associated uh-huh. with a band yeah, called Dizzy there. DeSoto. Are you still is, are you still uh, with them? Yes, um, the Dizzy DeSoto is uh, my band. I started it actually. Uh, today is the nine year anniversary of Dizzy DeSoto. Oh, ah. um, I've I've been a drummer. I've been a sideman on drums. Uh, in this area for the last, uh, well, I've played for 40 years. I've been um, sitting in with bands on drums for 20 years. And then nine years ago, I uh, I started my own band where I sing lead and play guitar. And it's called Dizzy DeSoto. And it's a 50s tribute band. We only do 50s music. So it's all Chuck Berry, Buddy Holly, uh, Elvis Presley, Bill Haley, The Comets. And uh, I started it nine years ago, and it's just been uh, it's been so much fun. Um, uh, honestly, I, uh, I I may just try to take it to the next level this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a, a great hobby, and uh, the response has been overwhelming. Well, Chris so, is all yeah. about that uh, the '50s music. When I met Chris, oh, he was he nice. was all about the, uh, the, the 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 all the music that you just described there. So. Chris must be very happy yeah. to hear. Then I went on to Led Zeppelin and Greta, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I still have a special place in my heart for you know the fifties music. 
it's just the you know, and all that. I really like Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he he kind of no, huh? he captures this kind of fifties or sixties vibe in his music. Um, there's a couple of songs. One's called Sob Does Son of a Bitch, and the other's uh, How Howling and and Nothing. I think is what it is. But that mm. song's very uh, Sam Cooke in, in its style. Uh-huh. Um, kind of in that. Yeah, element. and uh, I I love that stuff, and I'm really uh, I'm not a very good guitar player, um, but I play with some really good musicians. There's an upright bass, drums, and a saxophone, um, and uh, I I always thought if I if I ever started my own band, it had to be something specific. I didn't want to just do a cover band thing where, oh, you know, uh, we play everything, you know, mm-hmm. we play Sweet Home Alabama, Brown Eyed Girl and all that. I'm like, no, man, make, make it something specific. Make it make it a show. And so, you know, we, we, we dress the part and we act the part and uh, the, the instruments are all pretty much period appropriate. And uh, so far, so good. I mean, we, we play a lot during the summer at uh, festivals and uh, uh, car shows and county fairs. But everywhere we go, we uh, uh, we played on the on the Jersey Shore, um, not the TV show, but uh, we we played at this fancy schmancy country club out in, uh, out in New Jersey. Um, uh, play play all over the place. So you travel and, quite a bit. Um, then it, it doesn't matter what uh, what age people are. Everybody loves that music. I mean, we mm-hmm. you know we've had uh, grandkids uh, dancing with their grandparents and. You know, fifteen-year-olds will come up and say, "I grew up on this mu- music," and I'm like, "Well, yeah, everybody grew up on this music. It's it's right. great stuff." You know, and all the music three, after three has been influenced by that as well. Like Chuck Berry was the the godfather of uh, rock and roll, really one of them. Oh yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah. He invented it. Yeah. Right. Well, that's like back Lennon to the said, future. If you want to call rock and roll something else? Just call it Chuck Berry. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, you guys have anything, uh, any like uh, shows coming up or anything uh, in the near future here? Uh, I'm doing a show tomorrow. Well, I'm uh, I'm getting together for um, a, a friend of mine, a musician friend of mine, uh, passed away about four years ago, and we're getting together at uh, the Yes Hell uh, here in Ogden, which uh, used to be uh, DNR Spirits, and uh, that's where I sat in on drums with uh, with this guy Dicky. And so um, all of us are, uh, all of us musicians and friends are getting together tomorrow to uh, to hold awake and have a jam session. And I'm sure I will get behind the mic and get behind the drum kit. And then uh, I've been uh, playing the ski resorts, which are just just up the canyon from where I live, uh, uh, playing regularly at Powder Mountain and Snow Basin. And then um, I'm working with my my musical agent uh, to line up some um, uh, county fairs and car shows this summer. Well, keeping busy then. I mean, after nine years, yeah. imagine you've established a presence for yourself or an audience, rather. Yeah, yeah. And and now, you know, my 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 girls are grown up and they're going to college, and uh, I'm, I'm 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 single. I'm on my own. So you know, there's there's really nothing stopping me from you know going out of country or going out of state. And so I'm gonna I'm just gonna Go for it this year. And you're still a working actor as well, aren't you? Yes. Do, do you do gigs uh, yeah, all I, uh, over or mainly in Utah? 
mm-hmm. for film work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've been thinking about uh, moving to Los Angeles or New York, but um, I, I haven't because I've been, I've been raising my family. And also, um, frankly, I, I don't like Los Angeles. Um, I, I just can't imagine I, why. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a small town kind of guy. And so Los Angeles scares me. Mm-hmm. Um, I love New York, but very expensive to live there. Right. Um, but, but now, you know, that, um, this, this chapter of my life, you know, you know, being married and raising the kids and everything. And that's, that's all over now. And so I'm, I'm open to, to, to change. So, uh, I just had an audition with the Disney channel. I've done several projects with the Disney channel and with Hallmark. And, uh, I just auditioned for them. Um, I think it went really well. Um, so I, I'm just going to keep doing that. I, I don't think I will ever stop acting, but that's just what I love to do. And whether I'm good at it or bad at it, I don't think that matters. I think you need to do your thing, no matter what your thing is. Like if you love singing, it doesn't matter if you suck at it, you do it, you do it. So that's what I'm going to do. Absolutely. It's very cathartic, I think, getting that. Yeah that out of your yeah. system to be able to uh, feel like you're accomplishing a passion or, you know, working towards fulfilling a passion or void that you have. Well, yeah, and you do it for you. I mm-hmm. mean, that's that's ultimately who you, who you have to do it for. And if other people like it, that's great. But you can't you can't ask for that. I mean, it's it's just something – that's something that has to happen on its own. And, and, and I mean – T- things yeah. change too, yeah. you know. You might you might suck at it one t- one year. You know, I mean, Adventure Time had that great quote. You know, sucking at something is the first step towards being kind of good at something. So, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, well, and, and there you go. No, nobody nobody has sucked harder or louder than I have because <laughs> of Troll Two. So I always approach every project as. You know what? It's all uphill from there. Yeah. <laughs> well, have you have you After noticed you like I mean your your acting ability over I mean it's been 30 years now since Troll 2 was filmed. Yeah. Have you do you do you mm-hmm. feel more confident as an actor now and if that scene oh, yeah. were filmed nowadays would you tell Claudio like I can't say that at the line like that it's not going to work? Um yeah, yeah. Um I haven't had to uh, to deal with that very much, but Troll 2 is like actor boot camp after you've been through it it's like everything else is a piece of cake and uh you know i did um a couple years ago i did the scene with don johnson Mm. and uh it was in a a tv show called um uh blood and oil Mm -hmm. and don johnson is an intimidating actor he's intense he is really intense and i'm sitting across the table from him and I'm supposed to look him in the eye, and we're sparring with each other. And, um, you know, he's, he's like, if, if he doesn't like the ice in the water on the table, he'll say, all right, this ice is weird. Get it out of here. You, come over here. You know, he's just, he's intense. And um, we started working and doing the scene, and uh, he just said, Darren, you're doing a hell of a job. Hmm. And he kept, he kept saying that. He kept saying you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. And he isn't the type of person that just hands out compliments. You know, he says what he means. Yeah. So it was really reassuring 
uh, you know, working with, with a guy who is a professional actor, um, and for him to be complimentary of my work. And I've had some other experiences, you know, working with, with, uh, Paul Feig was, uh, very gratifying and, um, uh, working with, uh, with, um, oh, I forgot his name. Um, he, oh, uh, I think it's Alan. Oh, so embarrassing. Um, but I, I worked with him. He's, he's the dad in good luck, Charlie. Um, just a great guy. Um, and he's worked with Tony Scott. He's worked with Mel Brooks and he was just a joy to work with. So I, I feel I'm just more at home now when I'm on set, when I go to auditions, I just feel like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm just as cocky as I was for troll two, where if I, if I, if I nailed it, I know I nailed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, if I blew it, I knew I, I blew it. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel more like, like I know what I'm doing now. If, mm-hmm. if there's one performance, cause you've, you've acted in several, you've done a lot of acting in the, in the years since mm-hmm. troll, troll two. Um, if there's yeah. like a couple, one performance or even two performances that you've given in something that people should check out to, to like prove that you, it's like, no, I can't act. What would those, what would you say mm-hmm. those performances are? Let's see. Um, most of them are frankly not, they're not very good movies, but I, I think I did a pretty good job in them. Um, I, uh, I, I think I did, uh, I think I did good work in, um, in, um, there's a Hallmark Christmas movie called, um, My Christmas Love. And I just do, you know, these are just uh, little, little character roles, not, not big roles. Um, but I, I watched that and I think, oh, you know what? I, I was pretty good there. I, I did a pretty good job. Um, there's another movie called the 12 dogs of Christmas. I've been in five Christmas movies. I don't know what's up with that, but, um, the 12 dogs of Christmas part two is, um, uh, well, the, the director is just uh, Keith Merrill is just a, a lovely man. Um, and uh, everybody on set was, it, you know, it's it, it, okay. It's it's not a great movie, but I play a basketball coach in that, and I think, okay, well, yeah, all right, yeah, I, I think I did a pretty good job. There. You, you sold it, so, right? Yeah, yeah. And then and then there are other uh, other movies and other roles um, that I watch myself, and I'm just like, ah, boo, come on, man. <laughs> Just relax. <laughs> well, my, I see. My Christmas <laughs> love was only released uh, n- now three years ago, so that one that shouldn't be too yeah. hard to find. Are there any talks nope. of a uh, Troll Two sequel? I heard a few years ago there were rumors that Claudio and his wife were writing a screenplay, but I don't know if there's anything yeah. to that. Uh, yeah, um, Rosella, Claudio's wife, has written a sequel, a screenplay, um, and they've been trying to get it off the ground for, for several years now. Um, but I don't, I don't know what, what is going with that. I, I really don't. Mm. Um, just for me personally, as a, as a movie fan, um, I, I would do it. I would do it to just have a chance to work with those people again and, and have some fun. But as a movie fan, I really don't want to see a sequel. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I just don't. I, I just think, you know what, Troll Two is what it is. It happened, and 
make something new. It's lightning in you a know? bottle. Yeah, it's like you said. If you if they <laughs> try to do it on yeah. purpose, then it's the, the you know you can't make a bad movie on purpose. So not that they'd want yeah, to make a yeah, bad I, movie, I, but <laughs> right. I think it'll be you know I think it'll be like a, a Christmas story too. Yeah, which is just the most unwatchable piece of shit I've ever seen. <laughs> it, it just. I wanted to shoot my eyes out. It, it was just awful. So I didn't even I, I know that think, existed. <laughs> yeah, I've never yeah. seen it. What a travesty! I, I just, uh, you know, make 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 a sequel. You know, if you want to continue it, like the the comic book movies, that's great. That's a lot of fun. But sometimes you shouldn't make a sequel. Yeah, just let it be what it is. Um, yeah. Well, and you know, Tro- Troll Two is not a sequel. It was called Goblin. They they retitled it Troll Two. To, to glom on the, the, the success of the uh, Carl Buschler film, Troll. Right. Uh, but the, the two movies have nothing to do with, with one another. Wasn't there a werewolf on the cover of the VHS tape or something? It had nothing to do with a yeah, there's, goblin. Yeah, there's kind of a, an, an evil axe-wielding goblin. And oh. um, the kid on the VHS tape is uh, the boy from Jurassic Park. Oh, Joseph Mazzello, yeah. Yeah. Who's a, who is not in Troll Two? <laughs> I never knew that. That's that's another boy. I learned several new things about <laughs> yeah. Troll Two today. So there we go. Well, uh, Darren, we're at the top of the hour, man. So uh, believe it or not, we gotta we gotta wrap this up. But um, but thanks so much okay. for coming on, man. It's been great it's talking so nice to, to you. Talk to you after eleven years of Facebook friending. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, thanks for the last. My we're, pleasure. Yeah. My pleasure, guys. Always always fun to talk with people about movies and uh, Troll Two and. Uh, just to talk with uh, other passionate nerds like myself. Well, shoot! If they do a screening in Detroit or something, and you show up, then we'll be sure to, uh, you know, we'll yeah, be sure to, to come say you. hi. So, hey, man! If you if you got a couch, I will come. Oh, definitely. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, hang on the line, Darren. I'll give you a, a, a. I'll talk to you after we're off the air here. But uh, for everybody else, Chris, dude, thanks for coming, man. I'm glad oh, yeah, we did I'm this. Glad it's we made it. been a blast. Yeah. We will see you again. My yeah. pleasure. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know. It won't take another year to get you no, on here I'll, for I'll for but uh, um, but yeah okay. for everybody else uh, I will be back on Wednesday at uh, at seven and uh, I got uh, three of my friends coming on uh, we're just gonna we're gonna talk about a um, whole bunch of different stuff and uh, and I will see everybody then so this has been American Winer on podcastdetroit.com. everybody have a great weekend stay warm.